This is the EPLOG audio experience. You are listening to the Artist Podcast with me, Suchita. Stay tuned. Hi guys, welcome to a quick and snanky episode of the Artist Podcast and we're trying to be futuristic, trying to predict what's going to come after, say, creator's economy, trying to understand what will be the shape of cinema and movie goers the world over, trying to understand it as indie filmmakers, what is the state of world cinema because Sundance sets the trends and the numbers don't seem very, well, encouraging. How will AI shape the future of all of this? We do a quick check with our guest Karan Tarani if you have any thoughts if you want to be futuristic then you can connect with us write to us and a quick announcement that is podcast is a self-funded podcast we cut costs to make it happen so we are seeking funders supporters sponsors for the podcast so if any of you would like to sponsor us fund us support us in some way even a small amount goes a long way in supporting and increasing the production quality of the show and reaching you with some great content so please connect with us and we will reach out to you Hi, Karan. Welcome to a podcast, The Artist. And thank you for being here in this quick and snacky episode. And taking it from, again, where we left the last time, which is the discussion of Barbie and Oppenheimer. And as we enter the new year, 2024, uh, we just want to understand that what are going to be the trends in the coming months or the coming years uh, that will set the tone for the coming year. So uh, just to start off, what are your thoughts on how Bollywood industry has taken off and where do you see it heading in the next couple of months? Hi, Sujita. Thanks. Uh, pleasure to always be here to share my views. So I think uh, last, uh, you know, when we spoke, uh, Hollywood was going through a high. I think it was around uh, August, uh, you know, yeah. when Barbie and Oppenheimer both uh, hit the box office. Uh, currently, as we speak, you know, things are quite better as far as Hindi content is concerned. Uh, uh, we've seen, you know, multiple films doing well uh, in the likes of uh, Gadar 2, Jawan, Animal. Uh, you know, they've been a big, uh, uh, you know, strong performance in terms of box office collections. Uh, they've surpassed expectations as well. So there is this fight uh, finally uh, for Hindi content, uh, you know, per se over the last six months. So a lot of things have now. Uh, trying to become, uh, you know, favorable right now as a situation. But uh, I think the problem herein is uh, still that, you know, it's only the large budget movies that are doing very well. Uh, the small, medium budget films are not doing well even right now. So if you mm. look at the broader numbers, uh, you know, in the pre-COVID times uh, for Hindi journal, uh, the split between large budget and medium budget films or other small medium budget films was about 50-50. And uh, in the post-COVID era, uh, the share of large budget films for the Hindi genre has moved upwards uh, towards more than 90%. So I think this is a very risky proposition wherein you are trying to rely on selective films, uh, you know, which have to do well. And if they don't do well, the box office will see a sharp decline. So this is one very big trend which is emerging in the post-COVID era. 
which has kind of sustained over the last two years. Only time will tell if the trend kind of changes back to pre-COVID times or if small medium budget play movies, you know, come back on track. Uh, it seems highly unlikely for now that uh, we will see footfall in large numbers for small medium budget films because I think these films are uh, being washed upon in very large numbers on OTT platforms. And mm. uh, somewhere ticket prices have also increased very sharply. If you look at the ticket prices for the multiplexes, it's moved up anyway close to 50 to 60% uh, versus pre-COVID times. And yeah. even that is somewhere impacting frequency uh, in our opinion. So the point I'm trying to make is that we are in a better situation as compared to what we were uh, about uh, six to eight months back, but still not out of the woods because even in a best case scenario, uh, we are not able to move ahead of pre-COVID occupancy. Our occupancy levels are in the range of 80 to 90 percent in a best case scenario, or maybe just you know on par with pre-COVID occupancy levels. So that is the concern, and uh, I think for CY24. Uh, just to just to quickly uh, quickly yeah. button here, current for our audience, yeah. can you quickly tell us uh, the bifurcation uh, so they can remember again when it comes to the budget of large, medium, and small films? So a large budget film would be a film, uh, you know, which would be a, about a more than hundred crores of production cost. Uh, it could go up to 200, 250 crores, or even beyond that. Uh, or these are films, you know, which are made by large stars. Uh, so, uh, you know, these are star-driven films like a Ranbir Kapoor or a Shah Rukh Khan and so on and so forth. So mostly these large budget films nowadays uh, are more than, you know, 150 crores in terms of overall budget, excluding the PNA part. And medium budget films or small budget films rather are, uh, you know, below 60, 70 crores kind of range. Uh, so seven, 60 to 80 crores is medium budget and 20 to 25 crores is small budget, uh, if you if that is clear on your part. Mm -hmm. So Merry Christmas will come somewhere in between a large and a medium budget film. Somewhere in between. I, I think that will come in the case of a small and medium budget film uh, because I think it's the talent cost uh, which is uh, high, slightly higher over there. Uh, production cost uh, may not have been that uh, high, so mm -hmm. it will come somewhere in the in the band of small to medium budget film. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts uh, when it comes to the South? Is it going to be the same, or do you see something which is drastically different? So it's a similar trend in South. Even in South, we are struggling to move beyond pre-COVID levels as far as occupancy is concerned. It's a similar trend that people are not watching a small medium budget content in large numbers. It is only audiences willing to spend, uh, you know, for large budget films, uh, you know, even the ticket prices at the premium, they are okay to pay that premium because they want to go and watch this film because that large film is a theoretical experience film, right? So, they don't want to miss out on that. So it's a very similar trend in South as well. Uh, Pre-COVID times in South, the occupancy was very high. It was about 60% uh, occupancy levels versus Hindi circuit. Pre-COVID times was around 34-35%. This I'm talking for the uh, broader multiplexes. Uh, now occupancy levels uh, for Hindi have come to 25%. They've fallen to 25% on average. Whereas in South as well, occupancies are about 45 to 47%. So there's an occupancy fall across the board because of small medium budget content not doing well. In terms of outlook, I think for the next two months, as I say, uh, the outlook is quite muted uh, because uh, we don't have enough number of films lined up over the next two months. What is happening right now is that we are in some kind of a content glitch here. So the problem mm. is that 
in the last two years, OTT platforms have bought a lot of movies at a very hefty premium in terms of digital rights. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, all these films have somewhere not been able to do well on their theatrical box office performance, which has impacted mm. uh, OTT performance as well in terms of, you know, customer audience engagement, everything put together. So I think, you know, the OTT platforms right, right now are somewhere going through a cautious approach, a selective approach in terms of what film they want to purchase and which film they would not want to purchase. And uh, because of this, you know, we are right now in standstill situation wherein there are producers who may have got content ready in the market, but they're not releasing the films in theaters because OTT platforms are not giving them a guarantee, uh, yeah. you know, for a digital rights. Uh, or probably, you know, there are certain large projects uh, which are not yet started off because, again, OTT platforms are not giving them some kind of guarantee or cushion uh, in terms of digital rights. Because if you look at the post-COVID era, digital rights is a sizable chunk of revenue for a producer. You know, it's anywhere yeah. close to 40 to 60 percent of a film would come from digital rights. So I think because of this issue, for the next three to four months, uh, the slate is is quite muted for Hindi box office per se. Mm-hmm. Karan, I was just talking to someone uh, just now, like a, like an hour back, and just trying to understand the trends where the, <clears throat> of the audio industry. Now, when we are talking about that, I came to know that the, there could be a serious recession that might start post uh, from US and that might sort of impact a lot of things uh, the world over. Do you see that impacting uh, uh, the finances of film, the finance industry, the making of the movies, uh, right from your small to medium budgeted films? And of course, uh, the buying of that and reaching that uh, to the audience. There's a two-way impact here. So as I mentioned that, you know, most of the OTT platforms, specifically the global OTT giants, uh, you know, who are paying hefty money for buying digital rights, they are somewhere under pressure uh, in terms of, you know, being selective. They don't want to take too much of better. They don't want to burn more money if the content does not work. So that is a global phenomena. So if globally things don't improve, you know, they will they will continue to have, uh, you know, selective budgets for uh, film buying. Uh, the second impact is on the global studios front. So if you look at India as a market, uh, we are now not dominated by uh, small-time producers or production houses. We are studio-led, wherein we've got, uh, you know, even Yasharaj is a studio, it's a local studio. But lastly, we've got uh, we've got Sony, we had Disney, which was, you know, kind of making movies. Uh, Geo is a local studio as well. But a lot of global studios have come and, you know, they have... Uh, try to come into the market, they've exited the market, they've again come back in the market. So my point is that even that will some way include some kind of a pressure in terms of studios, whether or not they want to spend big budgets in terms of making movies, because if theatrical collections don't come back, uh, movie business uh, in terms of unit economics will not be favorable. And if only large budget films are making, uh, we don't foresee that, you know, every studio or every platform is willing to take that kind of a risk in terms of buying that large budget film at a very hefty premium or probably no production house would be wanting to spend that kind of money because we're not sure of the ROI because in the pre-COVID times, about 65% of the revenue for the producer would come from theatrical. Now that has gone down to about 40 odd percent. So there's a severe shift here in terms of the means or in terms of a way a film is monetized and that is impacting a lot of decisions in the trade right now. Mm, You just said content glitch that we are going through and uh, when you say content glitch do you mean that uh, so uh, uh, a broader uh, uh, perspective here in terms of 
the making of uh, because we have a lot of independent cinema makers watch uh, listening to the podcast as well so when we talk about content glitch and they are going out there and making their films uh, which perhaps again needs uh, an OTT platform a second uh, the ones making smaller budgeted films uh, the producers want uh, an approval from an OTT before the uh, film goes on floor do you see there's going to be a massive shift here and do you see that uh, filmmakers need to wait and watch before they venture out there and put uh, money into making films yes uh, i mean you know it, this answer would be yes or no because you know there are certain films which are made only for the ott audience and they come at a very small budget so OTT platforms uh, would genuinely, you know, want to buy these kind of films because they are a value buy and uh, they would want to buy these films in bulk, right? Even if out of 10 films, one film does well, they have a very sharp recovery uh, in terms of their subscription fee or advertising money that they would make. Uh, but again, there are certain films which are actually made for theatrical and uh, then there is a contract with the OTT platform which is pre-sold, uh, you know, before the film is put into theatres or after the film is put into theatres. Uh, you know, there's an arrangement between the producer and the platform that, you know, the OTT platform has to buy this for a certain price. I think those small, medium budget theatrical films are at a risk here. And this is not direct OTT films. If you look at direct OTT films, uh, there is enough ample amount of potential, enough amount of experimentation, which is there. And as I said, you know, they come at a value buy, you know, for the OTT platform. So I think this is more to do with the tier two and tier three stars. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, in the likes of, uh, say, for example, uh, there's a small medium budget film in the last, you know, couple of months, which would have come in terms of Hindi, but those would not have been done well. So I think the problem is with those theatrical based Hindi films and not with the direct OTT films, because direct OTT uh, platforms always want to invest into films which are for direct OTT audience, because OTT audience, OTT, uh, you know, films and theatrical films are very different in terms of the yeah. way uh, they are made because of censorship. So I think, I think, you know, there's a clear uh, change here in terms of how OTT film is made and how a theatrical uh, small budget film is made. And uh, we don't foresee that uh, there is any issue in terms of demand from the platform side to purchase these uh, small ticket films which are made for direct OTT because OTT films are made very differently. You know, there is no censorship. There's a different kind of an audience pool for that as compared to theatrical films which are more family driven in nature. So I think... Uh, there is no issue for demand for those kind of films or any problem for those kind of producers. But yeah, theoretical small budget films uh, will continue to see a concern uh, in the near mm. to medium term. Mm. Uh, just quickly also coming here in terms of independent films. So independent films mainly cater to like it starts from film festivals and then they see what kind of distribution. Do you see um, a, a shift here? Because we had really pointed out in a, one of our episodes, uh, you yourself had uh, uh, given views on that episode one, two, three about uh, what will happen to these independent films that do not get a platform. So what do you, what, is there a trend that you see come in the coming years or the next coming months about independent films? So I think that will again all depend in terms of, you know, how many platforms we have in the market. So if you look at the market right now, we are kind of approaching a consolidation phase. Uh, so tomorrow if RIL, Disney and Z Sony merger eventually happens, uh, the number of platforms will come down very sharply in the market. So if that were to be the case, 
then I don't think that there'll be enough takers for these independent films in a very big manner. Uh, what we have seen over the last five years is that the bargaining power is heavily skewed towards the content creator because there, there were multiple platforms uh, who were buying lots of different content from multiple creators, right? But now that's not the case. So if the number of platforms come down, uh, the producers may be at a risk here or other independent producers may be at a risk because they may not be able to fetch the values or the uh, digital rights uh, money uh, of what they were, you know, kind of able to fetch about two to three years back. So it all depends in terms of the what number of platforms we have, what is the strategy of the platform, and how much do they really want to invest in these kind of flips? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts, um, Karan, when we talk about, let's say, the impact of AI? So do you see that AI is going to drive a lot of innovations when it comes to cinema, and that will in turn drive innovation in the in the culture the world over? So AI, I think uh, the way cinema is consumed, uh, I think, you know, already a lot of innovation has taken place, uh, you know, right uh, from uh, 2D to 3D to 4DX and uh, different kind of technologies have been integrated now. And clearly whatever is happening in terms of the ticket prices being at a premium, uh, I think if you look at Oppenheimer for that matter, tickets were even sold for, you know, more than 2000 rupees. The real reason for that is that the customer is paying for experience. Now experience, I would mean, you know, the ambience or the location or the look and feel of the cinemas in terms of where they are uh, mm-hmm. plus the nature of content in terms of the way the content is projected the quality of it and what kind of content are you watching okay so i think this is this is the big trend now if you look at most of the multiplexes uh, they are also expanding their premium offerings very aggressively because they realize that somewhere they are also able to grow ticket prices primarily because of premium offerings uh, so currently, as we speak, uh, you know, the, the contribution of screens, I mean, the portfolio of screens, which these plexes have, say, for example, TVR, Inox, they've got close to 2000 screens. Uh, it's not uh, more, it's, it's somewhere less than 10% of their screens today are the premium ice-based screens, which are, you know, 3D, 4DX and IMAX LED. I think this share is going to increase significantly from here on, because if the audience is becoming selective, if the audience is, uh, is kind of uh, going to cinemas less frequently, Uh, this kind of an audience will pay whatever price it takes for the overall experience. Uh, So I think, and if that's the case, if the audience is demanding that they want to have a very great experience in cinemas and they okay to pay the premium prices, it makes all the more sense to, you know, for cinema change to invest aggressively into technology. So I think this, these, these kind of investments, innovations, which are largely AI-led also would continue from here on going ahead. Basically the experience is going to be what will drive the consumption of cinema, mostly largely, uh, say theaters can uh, will bifurcate into something else and then something else that will give them a wholesome experience, a weekend experience perhaps with their family. That could be one thing. Um, anything that sort of stands apart when it comes to Hollywood? What do you see after the WGA strike is over? How do you foresee the next coming months for Hollywood that's driving uh movies the world over but also uh could be hit by recession as they're saying the economy the u.s economy so hollywood that way in india you know they've scaled it up if you look at hollywood contribution to india's box office or india's movie market uh it's been uh you know sub 10 percent and the post-covid era uh, you know, it's, it's moved up towards 18, 18 to 19%. And pre-COVID times, at best, it was around 10 to 11%. So there's been a sharp uptick 
in terms of Hollywood contribution for India as a market. And that's primarily been because of two, three things. One is, you know, uh, the ticket prices being high. So as I was talking about the premium experience, you know, people are willing to pay their premium ticket price for Hollywood films because they feel it's worth their money. Uh, second thing is dubbing, right? So a lot of these Hollywood films are now dubbed into multiple digital languages. So they don't have an audience base only in the metro cities like a Bombay or a Bangalore or Delhi, but beyond that also tier two, tier three markets, there is good acceptance of Hollywood because of dubbed content. And third thing is even Hollywood studios themselves somewhere realize that India is a very big potential market. So there is enough amount of marketing investment done by them as well to push their movies in a market like India. So I think because of these reasons, Hollywood has come a long way and uh, Hollywood will be one of the drivers uh, for the overall box office or the movie industry growth. I think the Hollywood strike uh, was just about uh, 80 to 90 odd days. And I think it got called off towards the end of last year. And I think the content uh, cycle, or if you call it the content slate, the negative impact we are going to see until about September, October. Uh, post that, I think you will see a very big backlog of Hollywood content. So if you look at Hollywood content, I think the next six, eight months are going to be muted because of change in shoot schedules. But post October, uh, you're going to see a backlog of content because you've, you've not seen a, you've not seen multiple last franchise-based Hollywood films over the last three months. And you may not see that more for the next six to eight months in terms of the number of large budget films which are there. So I think as per our assessment for CY25, which is next year, there are already 15 large franchise Hollywood films which are already lined up uh, to release so far. Uh, the number can increase from here on going ahead as well. So I think there's a very big opportunity. Whatever happened from Hollywood side was just a near-term risk which is there. It has got resolved. It has some impact on the near term, but longer term, Hollywood future is very bright in India. This is basically the studio films yeah. that you're talking about, Karan. What about the films that were stalled or stopped uh, during the WGA strike, which were, again, in the small and medium budgeted films, not backed by uh, big Hollywood studios? What about those films? Do you see that all these films are going to get, uh, going to get released this year and they'll be no other new uh, releases or in development or new no other movies that will go in development i think i think slowly and gradually staggered manner those films will also come back on track uh, specific to the india market i believe there is no impact of that because in a market like india uh, there are only about 150 or 170 hollywood films which are released and uh, most of them are large franchise based films so even out of those 150 films uh, typically 15-20 films uh, have about 80% of the Hollywood box office share in a market like India. So there's no such impact of that in India, but globally, yeah, I mean, it's a global phenomena. We've seen in Hindi films, we've seen in South films, the number of films that were released uh, has come down by 20-25% versus pre-COVID times. So similar could be the fate in Hollywood as well, because if people are not going to cinemas very frequently. Uh, if there is a habit change in terms of consumption of content on OTT and if people only want to watch large budget films in cinemas, even Hollywood will go through a similar fate and you'll see number of films shrinking eventually. Mm. Uh, do you see any new sort of trends that might come in the next couple of months? Trends or, you know, something like creator's economy that might pop up and take a large chunk of the audience's attention? So I think in terms of a trend, uh, it's very clear that, uh, you know, OTT or other social media or other user-generated content, which is UGC, uh, has kind of taken a lot of time in terms of entertainment, you know, for the audience. 
and that is kind of uh, one of the reasons in terms of why they're refraining to go into cinemas in large numbers apart from the high ticket prices and the mediocre content that we have seen so i think this is a very big trend you know which is here to stay but uh, uh, my only belief is that i think cinemas will coexist with digital uh, we may not see a situation where you know cinemas will probably breach pre covid level occupancy or footfall numbers whatever historically whatever we've seen in terms of footfall numbers on annualized basis annual footfalls i think those are records are largely done with we'll not see records being break right now as far as footfalls are concerned selectively certain films might break records certain large franchise films might break records but uh, not on annualized basis not consistently so i think you'll have to basically see that you know the large budget films or the franchise films really work their way out in order to really carve success uh, you know for the overall box office industry in a market like india okay all right karan thank you so much it was lovely having you in this quick chat on the artist podcast take care have a great day and can't believe january is over and just another 11 months left oh my god that's like sinking my heart we're trying to put together a community episode of the artist podcast do connect with us if you want to be part of it if you want to be part of the audience then do connect with us as well the email id is there on our instagram handle see you all there guys take care have a great week ahead